From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. That's pretty much what we are here for you every single night. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call with your Real Ghost Stories. Or, of course, you can write into us on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Be sure to press that subscribe button. That helps us climb those charts if uh, you've not done so already. Press subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever you're listening to us on. That ensures that you get every single episode delivered directly to you as soon as we release it. So uh, be sure to uh, to do just that. Don't just be searching us every single time you want to hear uh, an episode of our show. And right now on iTunes, if you give us some love there and leave us a uh, review, email me what username you used. Use email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, I will reply back to you with a bonus episode of the show that we've recorded. Not publicly published. It's just for you as a thank you for uh, for giving us that review there. That helps us out quite a bit. On today's episode, some more follow-up for our friend Richard in uh, Chattanooga, correct? That's where he's yes, at? Yes, that's and, where he's uh, some folks with some suggestions, uh, some, some suggestions for you, Richard. Hang on for that. Uh, and, of course, lots of calls, lots of emails. And uh, my mother may even chime in a little bit as well. She's back in the corner. Hi. And the funny thing is, she's a ghost. She's not with us. Somehow we're getting this EVP of her that we're picking up. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how that's working. But uh, yeah, she's back there. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat about uh, all of our stuff here today at realghoststoriesonline.com. The first thing we're going to do is uh, let's go over to that uh, one of the letters we just got in uh, regarding Richard. Uh, in Chattanooga. It says, Hi, Tony. I'm very concerned about Richard's current living situation. I'm no expert, but I have read just about every nonfiction book I can get my hands on regarding malevolent... Huh? You said I it. said it. Good job. I have I have tough I have a tough time with some words, Mom. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm still not uh, quite uh, to the third grade level Just yet. Sound it out, Tony. Sound it out. Malevolent. <laughs> yep. Malevolent. What's the other one? I'm uh, benevolent. Benevolent. Yes. I said them both. You Look did. at that. What? Gold star. I uh, get a handy snack after school. Uh, demonic hauntings and possessions. This person's right up on all this stuff. Not to mention articles, documents, etc. It's been my hobby, well, okay, obsession for the last 20 plus years. Anything regarding the dark and more sinister side of the paranormal. You probably know there are more con artists and others with absolutely no qualifications and or experience out there now more than ever. And if he innocently contacts the wrong person and or paranormal team, quote unquote, and could do much more harm than good. Only wrapping up, only ramping up the activity, and then completely abandoning Richard and his family. Even though there are not uh, in his immediate area, I would start with contacting one of these gentlemen. They list off a couple folks uh, that he uh, that they recommend uh, contacting. Uh, Keith Johnson is one of them. Uh, and he has a website called nearparanormal.com. You may know him from his work uh, with the uh, the Perrin family uh, on the uh, the Conjuring. Um, and I don't, because we talked to Andrea Perrin before, and I don't recall his name coming up. But uh, she talked about a lot of things in that interview okay. that, that we did. Um, so that would be be one. The another one, John Zaffis, which would be something fun be fun to have on the show. JohnZaffis.com is his website. He's uh, the haunted collector and is actually the nephew of Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, and Stephen A. Uh, Lachance, and uh, the website is his name, uh, StephenALachance.com. He wrote the Uninvited is a survivor of violence, hauntings in Missouri, and now dedicates himself to helping other families in similar situations. The first two are very experienced demonologists, and if anything else, they can recommend someone if they cannot help Richard immediately. I read a little on Keith's page, and he does not ever charge, but obviously relies on donations if they need to travel a great distance to get there uh, for car or airfare. Hopefully, he can get some assistance very soon. Thanks, and keep up the great shows. The scarier, the better. Kristen Jenkins. Um, so that's great. There's some resources yeah. right there. I mean, those are fairly well-known folks in the, the biz. So um, if you do reach out to them, um, you know, I would say be patient a little bit because I'm sure these people do get a lot of inquiries. But uh, from what I'm understanding here of, of his situation, if it's fairly well-known, I mean, we've got calls or letters from other folks in the area of him that know about him. Right. Um, I'm thinking this may be a case of interest for some of those folks who could legitimately help him. I'd be interested to hear who he had actually come in 
uh, initially where he said that there was some folks who came in and did an investigation and seemed to stir things up or it was a blessing. Is that what it was? I, it was a blessing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but or there, cleansing. Yeah. But there's some sources for you, uh, Richard, so hopefully it helps out. Christian uh, uh, actually writes in P.S. I clipped a portion of the demonology article off of Keith's website you might find interesting. And it says, when the ghost hunters have finished their evidence gathering, deciphering and interpretation and can offer no more to the terrified client, there must be someone to come in and assess the possibility of inhuman involvement, offer advice, and hopefully initiate a solution. The demonic has the intelligence of the ages and knows the identities of its opponents, those that uh, meddle in its affairs on behalf of the vulnerable. The demonologist will be known by the diabolical. Both he and those associated with him will be targeted. So... Uh, hopefully, uh, Richard can find uh, some solace in some of those folks. And uh, I, I thank you guys for reaching out and, and trying to, to find some solutions for him. I think you're right. I think the fact that people know of his house, mm-hmm. you know, in the Chattanooga area may actually, in a weird way, be a blessing this time so that maybe it will help get somebody in there that yeah. can help. So it's not just some, essentially some random person going, I got ghosts. You right. know, it's There's a little bit more to it. I mean, it's scary that it's gone to that level, but uh, hopefully one of these folks can indeed help you out. So uh, do do keep in touch, Richard. Give us a buzz back sometime and let us know um, if you are able to get in contact with any of these folks or if any of our advice has uh, helped you out uh, at all. Uh, on to a different topic, Rhonda M. writes in, Tisk tisk. now, now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with playing with spirit boards. Oh, we have another one. Why do-, do you do this? Why do you pull these people up? They just make me mad. <laughs> I'm just telling you what they wrote in. All right. Uh, I've been using them for 30 plus years without incident. I wonder if she got hers from Spencer Gifts. I don't (laughs) know. Uh, I taught my daughter to use them from the time she could read and write. That'd be a great way to teach Harper how to read. No. Here's your letters, honey. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, In turn, she taught uh, her daughter uh, the same. Oh, so it's like a multi-generational thing. The difference today is that we can use other technological devices to communicate with spirits as well. More reliable devices like the K2 meter and digital recorders. I love that I'm now collecting evidence with these devices that I've always believed was real, even though all we had was a Ouija board to use in the past. Also, I practice a form of witchcraft that involves spirit communication. A bastardized form of... uh, I don't even know how to say the word. uh, And I apologize if I... uh, Nero... Necromy? Can you read that word? Necromancy? Necromancy? Maybe that's what it is. I'm sorry. I'm bad on some of these things. There's nothing evil or scary about what I do. I simply communicate with people that I've known to have passed or those of my ancestral heritage. Smiley face. And that's that letter. Okay. Well, here's the thing. In theory... That's what a lot of folks feel they're doing with a Ouija board, initially. The thing is, and here's why we have so much issue with it, you have so many people who think that's what they're doing innocently, and before you know it, you got demons in your house, you got dark figures floating through the halls in the middle of the night, you got drooling grandmothers scaring your children, and you got slime coming off your walls. After playing with the Ouija board. So it's not necessarily the, uh, you know, the, oh, it's just, uh, let's all have fun and have some Hawaiian punch and play with the Ouija board. It uh, never really turns out all that well. So I do caution you, if you've had no bad thing happen to you, uh, or there's been nothing dark that's entered your world, I guess you're kind of the, you know, the one in the, you know, 500,000, you know, where... You keep doing the risky thing over and over and over and over and over and over, and you happen to make it. Unfortunately, the other 999,000 folks uh, don't really have that same luck. Here's the other side of it. With some of the other things that she's involved in, she may have dark stuff in her life, Mm -hmm. but she may not be attributing it to the Ouija board. So we won't really know for sure what the source is. 
I think it's honestly too much of a gamble um, because you just never know what's in your area, per se, that could be watching and and waiting for you to open that door. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Um, I'm very glad that you've not had anything happen directly that you attribute to using the Ouija board. Um, But I'm going to have to say that's not a skill I'm going to pass on to my child or grandchildren. Yeah, it's not going to be part of the uh, preschool curriculum, unfortunately. Nope. So... Another letter. Hi again, Tony and Jenny. It was exciting to hear you read my letter about double rainbows and ghost messages on the podcast. I agree that uh, it was meant uh, that it was meant to, but I wonder if there are others who have had similar experiences, or was it just my own odd collection of weird events? I think that sentence was autocorrected incorrectly. But was it supposed to be meant to be? Maybe. Maybe the bees. I don't know. Um, I promised a photo of the graveyard I was exploring when I first listened to your program. So here it is, and they've uh, attached a photo of the graveyard. I don't have it up here right now, but um, it's a graveyard photo. I live in uh, Nevada City, California, which is an older pioneer mining town. Most of the grave markers are wooden and unmarked, and many are fallen. A few stone markers uh, that did have writing on were all of men aged 23 to 26. So romanticizing the pioneer days just uh, seems like a rough life this morning i was listening to the story about a guy who was plagued by a spirit before people uh, or plagued by a spirit uh by spirit people after visiting with his mom and i was a little wigged out by something he said he mentioned that he had been listening to real ghost stories online a lot and that although his phone was charged up it went dead yesterday the only thing i did with my ipod was binge listen to your show when my partner and I go to bed uh, for the night, we frequently like to listen to an audiobook. Last night, as I was preparing for bed, I turned on my iPod to get a book set up. When I turned it on, I saw your podcast and contemplated listening to that instead. But since my partner and I are in the middle of a book, I chose my audiobook instead. Just as I clicked on my audiobook icon, whoosh, all of my books and music were gone. It's not even the same icon as the podcast icon, and I had not done anything but listen to ghost stories all day so I don't think I could have inadvertently deleted that stuff I'm not sure if it's even possible not super tech savvy but my partner is and he could not figure out how that happened either maybe it just could be a coincidence but maybe the ghost did not want me to listen to anything other than your podcast is this a case of a ghost in the machine who knows but like weird things like this doesn't hurt anyone but just makes you go Hmm. That's interesting. It's interesting because you can have, we've heard both theories of this show where either the ghosts want you to hear the show or they uh-huh. don't want you to hear the show. Yeah. And it seems like I don't know where it falls. I think it maybe depends on the ghost itself and what their intent is. Yeah. We had the one who was, it sounded like the lady was doing dishes horribly and turns out she was doing absolutely nothing. Um, and I was I was mentioning off the air earlier when uh, when Richard in Chattanooga calls in, he calls in several times, mm-hmm. and I have to grab one of his calls that lasts longest uh, because it seems he gets cut off four or five times when he calls in, and and I have no way of uh, you know stopping that. It just eventually he is, and it's not like the call is timing out because we have enough time for them sure. to leave the stories. It cuts out at like four or five minutes. He calls back, luckily, and eventually gets his whole story out, and then we're able to air the entire thing. But he starts the story over, so to me, that tells me he believes that it's cutting out on our end, because he's thinking, you know, like when you're leaving a voicemail, and it doesn't, you know, take, and you're like, oh, crap, I gotta leave that all over again. Yeah. That tells me he's thinking it's on our end. I think he is thinking it's on our end. Yeah, otherwise, he would just start back up where he left off. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Um, and by the way, there's not an EVP in the background. That's my mom coughing. I just thought I'd share it because someone, someone will inadvertently go, did you hear the EVP at 1412 in that show? You know, so, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think something's trying to keep him from talking. I really do. I, I really do too. And it's interesting. I don't know. It's, there's so much bizarreness that surrounds this show now. Of the stories we get and the stories that are trying to come to us, mm-hmm. and how we get them and how we deliver them, and some I don't know. It's just, it's a it's it's exciting. It's interesting. It's bizarre. 
Uh, I think that's probably the best word for it. Uh, if you have a real ghost story, we would absolutely love to hear it. And uh, here's an interesting thing. A lot of folks call in and say, hey, I, I wrote in a story. Um, when are you going to get to it? Hopefully within the next month or two. We have a backlog of written in stories that we, we try and we just essentially we go down the list of in the order they came to us. We do not pre-read the stories before they hit the air. I, I, I just put them onto a document and read them as we, we do the show live. Um, the thing about it is there's a huge backlog of the written in stories. So we will eventually get to your story when you write it in. But if you want your story on the air, if you, have some, you want some immediate advice on your situation, call into the show. The backlog, and that's like one to two days. Um, not long at all. And, and sometimes no time at all. Sometimes the day you call in, maybe the day that we get the show on the air uh, or your call on the air. So if you have something immediate, you want to share your story right away, call in at 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. But it's completely up to you, whatever way you want to do it. We do greatly appreciate it. And we will get to every story uh, that uh, is deemed legitimate uh, as, as soon as we possibly can. Uh, on the air here at Real Ghost Stories uh, online. Let's go to one of our calls at 855-853-4802. Hi. Hello, Jenny and Tony. I feel almost guilty calling in again, but I was urged to pick up the phone and I couldn't fight it. Uh, yes, Cisco again. Uh, first of all, Jenny, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. You are doing so well, girlfriend. You just hang in there because knowledge is power and you are doing an excellent job. Um, She knows what I mean. Uh, To the young girl who called in and was asking about can this be inherited, Jenny, right again. Yes, it is. Um, Why is it getting stronger? Well, honey, you're getting a little older and with age comes a little wisdom with... um, experience comes a little wisdom and I'm going to put it real simple uh, it's just like I tell people it's just like doing push-ups the first time you sit down and do you know like get down to do a push-up maybe you can do one maybe a half you keep that up and you keep practicing maybe in a couple days three before you know it ten and so on and so forth um, the more you do it the more you exercise it the stronger it gets so again I will put it out there my number one thing is please find um, wherever your love and light and your peace sits. And we know what I'm talking about, your core inner warmth, um, your creator, your higher power, whether it be Buddhism or Wicca or Christianity or, or any, just name them across the board. The core love, that is where your light lies. And if you're going to walk into this, if you're going to walk into a dark room, you need to bring a light. And um, so there that is. And um, to those people out there that are really suffering, um, I want to warn two things. One, be careful with the sage. Uh, If you're not opening a window or a door to, to let out whatever it is you're chasing around, that's all you're doing. You're chasing it around and you're making it uh, uh, really agitated. So look into smudging whatever, you know, religion or spirituality path you, you're taking. Look into the smudging aspect of it. It's kind of like um, trying to fix uh, a Mercedes with an egg beater. It, you know, if you don't have the right tool and you're not using the tool correctly, you're obviously not going to get good results. That's one. Two. Watch out just bringing in little you know, paranormal groups. There's a lot of wonderful, fantastic uh, groups that go out there, and they're sincere, and they're educated, and they have all kind of um, things. But de- depending on what you're dealing with, again, you could just be stirring it up. And for people that are dealing with stuff that was you know, land-based or has been around for centuries or just agitated... Please do a little research. I mean, you wouldn't just, you know, take your kid to any daycare. You do a little research first. You know, you wouldn't just, you know, walk into. To, do you see what I mean? This is important. So do a little research. Um, if people are charging you a lot of money to do something, I understand people need travel. They need this. They need that. And not everybody who charges is is a quack. But it's like anything else. Just be careful. Get a little education beforehand. Um, my heart goes out to you. Uh, blessings and light uh, all around. And I'm telling you, that's, that's 
see. Also, Jane, you were asking a lot about, um, I'm sorry, Tony, I know you were asking too, uh, why are some animals, why do they come back? It's very basic. Love is what lasts. And if you have a love connection with people, miles don't mean anything. If you have a love connection with an animal, you know, it doesn't matter. That's what connects people. Um, real quick story, I was in the airport once, and I'll tell this because I have no idea who the lady is. Um, could not, I'm late to get on a flight, yada, yada. I've got this <laughs> voice in my head. Go over there, tell this woman this sentence. And the sentence was, I hear you, I'm listening. Can't do. I'm thinking. I can't do this now. I'm. I'm right there with Mary on this one. I can't do this now. I, I, she's gonna think I'm nuts. I can't do this now. It wouldn't leave me alone. So I'm like, okay, fine. I walk up to her and she's holding uh, a book and I didn't realize at the time it was probably a, a Bible. I would. I don't want to assume, but I think it was. And she's crying. I felt so bad about intruding. And I just walked up to her and I said, "Ma'am, I'm so sorry. I know you're not gonna." You know, believe me, you're going to think I'm nuts, but I've got to say this to you, and then I can go on with my day. And I hope you, you, uh, I hope you take it as I'm putting, you know, for the reasons I'm putting it out there. And I said, does this mean anything to you? I hear you. I'm listening. Well, her son, she was getting on a plane. Her son was in the hospital, and uh, she had been praying, praying, praying. And I, she told me she looked up at me and she said. I just said to her creator, why aren't you listening to me? Why can you hear me? So yeah, there's something out there that is. And if you found it, you hang on with both hands. Okay? Love is out there. Peace exists. And this stuff is real. And for you kids out there, I believe you. I believe you. Love you guys. Blessings and light. Carry on. You're doing wonderful. Thank you for the uh, the call, Cisco. Cisco is a regular for us. That uh, she has a lot of good insight on on all these situations. Yeah, she's she's got a lot of abilities. Um, she's able to pass messages on from people that have passed to their loved ones, and a lot of times it comes to her or the the spirits come to her in the middle of doing something and she has to stop what she's doing and and interrupt these other people and tell them what's going on and so often they're just like oh my god and it's yeah so she's a medium yeah yeah okay yeah i'm sorry she is yeah it's really it's very very interesting um, so thank you for the call, Cisco. We, of course, appreciate that very much. Be interesting to get Cisco's take on, uh, I mean, I'm still kind of hung up on the uh, the Richard situation. Yeah. On on what uh, what he could do there. So, Cisco, if you have any insight in that one, uh, we'd love to uh, to hear it. Mary, too. I'd love to hear Mary's insight on, on that situation. We do a whole show. <laughs> I'd like to have regular check-ins from Richard, yeah. whether or not yeah. we, you know, air them, just to know if, that he's, yeah. if he's okay. because. Yeah, Going well there. Um, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Claire writes in, Hi guys, I love the show. I wanted to share with you what I consider my first paranormal experience. It's not so much scary as it was a double take moment, but hopefully you'll find it interesting. Around 1997, I was 15 years old and still living at home with my parents in England. That year, I changed high schools due to some pretty severe bullying. But as a result, the nearest school, after the one in the village I lived in, was a long train journey away. The area I lived in was quite quite rural and had no local train station, so I had to catch the bus through acres of farmland to get to the one in the next town. Likewise, the train would travel through a lot of countryside before it got anywhere near a city, so there was a lot of empty spaces and fields along the route. It was along that route that my story begins. I was on my way home from school one evening around 4 p.m. It was still light out as it was summer, and I caught the train as usual with some of the girls I had met during my first week of my new school. We were just sitting there chatting about the things girls do, and I would be looking out the scenery passing by every so often. I was prone to motion sickness if I didn't keep half an eye on the horizon. As the train came up to the junction, we slowed down and stopped to let the express train to the airport go through. This was a daily occurrence, nothing unusual here. What was unusual, though, was what I saw when I glanced out the window again, just as we were starting to get moving. There in the middle of a field, 
was a woman dressed in what I first assumed was a Victorian period costume. She was just walking along, wicker basket tucked in a crook of her elbow towards the narrow hedgerow that separated the field she was in from the uh, in from the one next to it. She was a solid figure. I remember wondering what someone was doing out in the middle of the field, mainly because there wasn't another town or village for at least a good ten miles. Also, why was she dressed like that? She walked right up to the hedge and then simply vanished into it, the hedgerow being as narrow as it was. We had just enough time to see she had walked out the other side. You would have seen a leg, an arm, something, but she never reappeared. I turned to my friends and asked them if they had seen what I had just witnessed. Thankfully, one of them had, and she confirmed exactly what I had seen without me prompting her for a description. Everyone else, of course, just started making fun of us, saying we had made it up just to prank them, so we didn't say another word about it until this friend and I reached our destination. Only then did we surmise that we'd actually seen what we thought was a ghost. I traveled that route for another year before graduating high school, but didn't see anything strange. Part of me was disappointed because I'd love to have confirmed uh, that I definitely wasn't seeing things. But when you consider I wasn't the only witness, it definitely weirds you out. I also wanted to add to the discussion you were having about ghosts not seeming to appear... uh, from way back times. My grandma was having some large-scale landscaping done on her property back in the 80s, and the workmen found evidence of a Roman settlement. The local museum was called, and they were able to find and excavate several pieces of pottery, coins, and other bits and pieces. My grandma swore right up until the day she passed that the day the people from the museum began removing pieces from the site, she would see the figure of a Roman soldier standing at the foot of the garden where the landscaping was going on. The second she'd send my grandfather out into the garden to go and see what was going on, the figure would disappear. This was something that happened regularly for years, until one day it simply stopped. So it had me wondering if the energy could lay dormant until disturbed. It would explain a lot of similar paranormal events in this region. You hear about them a fair bit. Well, we we know that... Anytime you stir up or remodel or change things, that sometimes that can stir up some energy. And I would mm-hmm. imagine that unearthening, unearth, earthening, unearthing, uh, unearthing. There, there you go. There, new that's word. my word. I can't say. Okay. Ta-da! Handy snack for you later. Yeah, I bet you that is um, a fruit roll-up. Okay, fruit roll-up would be okay. better. I bet you that that could stir things up, but I'm not real sure why it would stop all of a sudden if. He was pretty, you know, vivid, and you could tell that what he was wearing, that to me tells me it was pretty strong, you know? It's interesting. I I don't know what to make of that, you know? I mean, would that be a residual? Because it's not a reoccurring thing. Well, kind of it was a reoccurring thing when the excavating was going on. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't know if that'd be residual or if it just kind of, he got stirred up because... The, the things, you know, mm-hmm. were shown and being moved and looked at and probably cleaned up, you know, and they had been moved for thousands of years. That's interesting. I, I, I was, uh, I want to bring up something that, going back to the, the former topic we were talking with uh, when, when Cisco called in um, about uh, ghosts appearing because it kind of ties in with why, why things are appearing um, and the ghost animal thing. Because I, I didn't get a chance to comment on that after her call um, about you know pets, and they show up because people loved them. Okay, that makes that that makes the most sense to me of any of the explanations I've heard. Yeah, and and why KFC is not just teeming with ghost chickens. My mother's just shaking her head. Seriously, that's what I brought up the other day. I said, okay, you know why is it some animals and not other animals? If there's ghost animals out there. So we get a lot of stories of ghost cats and ghost dogs that are appearing to people. But uh, very you never hear of, you know, a ghost KFC with tons of ghost chickens running around or any restaurant for that matter. You know, why are those animals not appearing as ghosts when they're food? Were they pets? Well, that's the thing. Why, why, why would it matter? That's what I was asking. What does it matter? If it's a living animal, why does, does it matter if it's a pet or not? They're all living. And some are very intelligent, you know, like pigs. You know, 
pigs are a lot of times is just as intelligent as dogs. But so. don't you think it's the human bond with? That's what. That's what that, she was saying. That's what yeah. I. Yeah. So that makes the most sense to me yes. of all the explanations I've heard. It does. Sure. It does. So that that totally that answers why KFC is not the Amityville of chickens. Yeah. So there you go. Never would have thought of that, Tony. What? <laughs> Seriously, I mean KFC. <laughs> I would just think in the middle of the night, you'd see like the lights flickering on and off and all these chickens flying around, ghost chickens or but something. But did they get killed at KFC? No. No, but no. did anybody get killed in a graveyard either? No. You yeah, know, and you, and you hear yeah. haunted graveyards mm-hmm. all the time. So I, just on a living organism standpoint, you know, why some and not the other? But Cisco, I think, really did kind of, uh, that's a very valid explanation for that. Well, here's my question. Does does the affection have to go both ways? I mean, does, I don't know. It, does the animal have to be, um, I guess, intelligent enough to have some sort of, I won't say love, but some sort of fondness or affection mm-hmm. towards its owner? I don't know. Does that make? Does I think, that I think play it could probably it? just be one way. One way. I could okay. see it being that way. But here's an odd, odd question: What about? Um, maybe someone can call in with a story about this. What about folks who are on farms where they, you know, they do essentially name their animals, they raise them for a long time, and eventually eat them? People don't name stuff that they're going to eat. Yeah, they do. That's no, rule number don't. one. Yes, is, they do. That is rule number one. There's a lot one. of people who do that. No. No. Well, maybe you wouldn't, no, but no. people do. No. Some people do no, do that. Far- farmers do not name no. their pets. There are some. Or their, their livestock. They, there are some well, that do. I'm sorry. They do name They do name them. Do they form bonds with them? Not usually. Because they know the end. Some. You're right. Probably in a lot of cases they don't, but in some cases they do. Like with pigs and such. Okay. I've seen it. You need to ask your father. He grew up on a farm, and that was always the case. You did not get close to the animals, to the livestock. <laughs> you had a couple pets, maybe, but you did not get close with Bossy or Trigger or, you know. You, he didn't. You don't. Because you don't want to be... Because you're going to yeah. lose them. Yeah, you're eventually going to eat them. Well, but what if... But, okay, maybe you don't. But hey, going back to your point, do they get close with you? Probably not. Not if you're you're feeding them. Yeah, they just depend on you for food. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about someone who did become close with their pig and they ended up having pulled pork sandwiches a couple months later? Did the ghost pig ever come back? Yeah. Well, I don't think somebody that was close to their pig is going to be enjoying a pulled pork sandwich from that pig. <laughs> I could, don't know. That's could what you I'm asking. eat your pet? Come on. I couldn't, but I'm not saying someone else out there couldn't. Okay, here's the thing, though. If somebody is going to turn around and eat their pet, <laughs> did they ever really love their pet? Right. I agree with Jen. Maybe they didn't, but maybe the pet loved them. Okay. I'm throwing it out there. I know it's probably not a common occurrence that you're eating the pets. Do we have a story? <laughs> Let's go to a story. We can go on forever with this one. I'm title this episode, Eating Your Pets. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Um, I have written in before, but this is the first time that I'm calling. Um, I've really been enjoying listening to your show and just uh, feeling really comforted by how many other people out there have similar stories as me. Um, and uh, a recent story on your show reminded me... Um, when I was on a road trip with a friend um, and both me and the friend were going through a difficult time. We were unhappy about the move. Both of us were feeling quite depressed um, and we decided to uh, stop at a motel because we were both too exhausted to keep driving. Um, we were pretty broke so it was a really, uh, really old kind of ramshackle place. This is um, in the middle of uh, Texas. Uh, and we went we got a key to the room and we opened the room and um, a very very emaciated pale skinned almost um, translucent uh, very large looming bold man um, jumped out of the room and lurching at us and screeching and uh, to me, it, it did not look like a human. Um, 
but uh, we uh, slammed the door shut um, and my friend went to go get somebody from the office and I went into the car which was right in front of the room um, so my eyes were on it the, the whole time um, nobody ever came out of the room um, and then when the um, office person came over with a key and went inside uh, there was no one in there and the only window was a small exhaust window in the bathroom that you know, only a small cat or dog would be able to get through um, and uh, she and I both had big creeps so bad that we just got on the road and, and got got going where we needed to go because we felt like that was definitely a really, really bad, bad sign. Um, anyway, I'm not sure what happened with my story if, uh, if it was a creepy old man hiding in motel rooms and somehow had a secret way out or um, if it was some kind of entity um, kind of feeding off of our negative energy perhaps. Um, so that's my story. Um, keep it up. Thanks so much for what you guys are doing and especially the fact that you guys do it for free. That's really, really great. Um, and I had an idea uh, from some of the things that you've been saying, you know, that people wanted to donate, um, that you could shop your store, but you don't get much of the money back from that. Um, I would think that maybe just making some kind of optional donation button might be a good idea so people who want to give could. Um, okay, have a good day. Thanks. Bye. I bet you it was the negative energy since it was both of them. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know the history of the hotels, specifically that room, you know, since it was kind of an old place. If somebody had passed in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, I-, I would bet you that something had happened in that area. I'm glad they didn't stay there. Do you think hotels uh, obtain more and more negative energy the more and more negative reviews they get online? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just like the more and more unhappy customers that have stayed in these. It's like, oh, my God, this place is really cursed now. You have like 400 negative reviews on TripAdvisor. I bet you they end up closing, you know. The one that, that she stayed at? No, I'm just saying or anything any, that, gets, that like gets that gets that many negative reviews. Once you get to that level, though, it almost makes you curious. It almost makes me want to go stay there and just see how bad is this place. That would be, that would be an, a, a very dark... Morbid tour of the country. It'd be very lonely because you'd be doing it by yourself. It would be great for pictures. That would be fun. Hey, you you search out the worst reviewed hotels in the country, and you just go on a road trip. I see a coffee table book. What's that? I see a coffee table book. Yeah, (laughs) you know America's worst hotels. (laughs) I could totally see that being fairly interesting to do. Did we share that when we first got to the hotel in Lamar, that when we went to the first room, we opened the door and it had beer bottles everywhere oh. and the bed was not... Oh, yeah. You could, nobody... I was fully expecting somebody to still be in that room. Yeah, I know. We opened it up and like the bed sheets are yeah. over there. There's like beer cans and beer bottles and it was just disgusting. And then I went down to the front desk and told him like, uh, the room you put us in, um, I'm just going to say it as... as uh, accurately as I can it was effing disgusting and uh, and I said this is uh, horrific um, we need to fix this immediately and they and without like any sort of hesitation or like surprise it's like oh well I think we might have another room we can put you into jeez it was just like oh this probably happened because <laughs> there this probably happens in like once or twice a day yeah you know it was really funny um, about that that horrible hotel in Lamar Colorado and we won't say the name of it but I mean, if you do a little TripAdvisor searching, you can find this hotel. Um, it, um, I, I took a look at some of the reviews uh, after I put mine up there. Um, and there's just review after review after review of similar type situations of some people like pointing out like the five locks on the door to prevent the zombie apocalypse. And, um, you know, the dirtiness of the room or the noisiness of the air conditioning. And the owner is, like, personally replying to all this. Now, I give him kudos for replying and actually somewhat giving a shit. And it's always, we're going through a remodel process. Did you notice the laminated card on the bed when you entered the room? We encourage you to call the front desk should you have any problems with the room. We don't know about them until you call the front desk. 
Uh, I, here's the thing. I think you might have a bit of a clue that you have a problem in your room when you have housekeeping going through and you have uh, just constant complaints about these rooms. I don't think the guests have to constantly tell you your hotel smells like shit and doesn't work out very well for anyone. That the, the guests need to call you every time and let you know so you're being forced to move. Isn't anybody checking on anything? Yeah, it shouldn't be the hotels. It shouldn't be that the guest of the hotel is going, oh, your hotel's kind of disgusting. Can I have a different room? Thank God there was a laminated card. Is this a rent-by-the-hour hotel? Or? No, I mean, it's... Oh, it's actually not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But oh, I just okay. I just loved the excuses I was seeing popping up there and just, like, how oblivious of an owner this must be. Oh, and we have... To, and, and, and they kept touting the bacon. The bacon. Of everything. We have the best bacon in Colorado. If you have breakfast with us, you won't find better hickory smoked bacon in the entire state of Colorado, is what they were touting. I would love to send Gordon Ramsay to this hotel for Hotel uh, Hell. Because be this owner just needs like a shaking. Did you eat breakfast there? We did. We did. D- did they have good bacon? It was okay. <laughs> it wasn't the best bacon. It was the best co- bacon no, I ever had in my life. It wasn't. I would deal with practi- I would deal with a serial killer in the room next door, beer bottles, and a vagrant living in the bathroom just to have the bacon. <laughs> Well, that's how good it was. No, <laughs> hope they had waffles with that bacon. <laughs> well, I mean, you had to kind of you know, wait about a half hour to get your uh, your egg, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was amusing looking at that. So, anyhow, our friends uh, in Lamar who listen to our show. <laughs> I'm sure they're Sorry, like, guys. They're like, oh, God. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Although there were no ghosts in that hotel, just the experience itself was scary enough to make a ghost story show. I'm sorry. Okay, let's quit <laughs> harping on the hotel. It was great but 20 so years ago. so much fun. 20 years ago, it was fine. It was. I would love to find more Holodome-esque type hotels and stay in them. I seriously would. We'll because, go to your special hotel in Michigan, and we'll oh, see yes. how it is. I don't know. That was in that was in Wisconsin. That was in Wasaw. That no, one, no, no, no. no, Oh, oh, the one up in uh, Saint Agnes. Saint mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to stay there. Something that'd be fun. Okay, It'd be great. Yeah, get the suite. Let's go to the call eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Hi. Hi, this is Cherry from Calgary, Canada. Um, first of all, I just want to say I love uh, your show. It really gets me through the day when I'm at work. And um, I also sent you guys an email regarding my first paranormal experience uh, when I was young. I don't think you guys got a chance to read it yet, um, which is understandable. Um, today, I'm actually going to share with you uh, my first and last Ouija board experience. Um, when I was 17, two of my friends and I decided to make our own Ouija board. And uh, first we played at uh, one of their house and um, it didn't seem to work. So we decided to go somewhere, maybe a little bit more, a place a little bit more creepier. So we went to an old library. So we just picked a section um, where it was quiet. Um, as we sat down, uh, we've all decided that um, We'll have uh, one person um, that would ask a question, and two of them will, um, uh, I guess, navigate the pointer. And um, as and so, I've decided we've decided that I would ask the questions, and um, my friends will navigate the pointer. So my um, first question was, um, well, we like the very first question we wanted to know who. It was, and it spelled out um, R-O-D-A, which happens to be my cousin's name, who just uh, recently passed away at the time. And um, that already we found creepy because um, neither, neither of the my friends that were navigating the pointer knew about my cousin. Um, but at the same time, we were still skeptical because it could be anybody. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, well, I don't know if there's a lot, but there's a couple of people that are named Rhoda. So, um, so it started spelling out words. Um, at first, uh, we were writing it down because um, it wasn't really making sense. And then it turns out we realized it wasn't spelling out um, English words. Uh, I'm from the Philippines. I uh, came to Canada when I was 10. So... Um, I understood what it like what it meant because it was actually in um, 
again, my friends that were navigating the pointers uh, don't speak Filipino at all, uh, the dialect I, I speak, nor any Filipino dialects. Um, they probably know like one or two bad words, but that's all they knew. And um, the words that spelled, the, uh, the words spelled out, I miss you. And uh, I wish I saw you before I died. Um, that alone really creeped us out. And uh, when I interpreted it uh, to my friends, they were really creeped out and uh, they wanted to stop playing. But um, we said, no, no, let's keep going. We have to end this properly. But before we got to uh, say goodbye, it started um, giving us a series of numbers and uh, with letters uh, at the very beginning with some, with some of them. Um, the first series of numbers, what it would happen was um, uh, it would pause in between the series of numbers. Um, say the first one would, uh, would say G123 and it would pause and then it would go 459 and then it would pause again for a long time and it would say Four, three, two, and it would pause again, and it would say twelve, and then it would, and it would repeat that whole series again with all the pause in between. So we wrote it down, and um, we didn't know what it meant. We were asking what it meant, and then um, so um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that before it was saying all these series of numbers, and and that when one of my friends really got freaked out and wanted to end the game. She first asked the question, are you really her cousin or are you an evil spirit? And that's when we kind of like freaked out even more because he shouldn't be asking that question. But anyway, so it started giving us that series of numbers with that first um, series with the letter at the very beginning. So we looked around the room. Uh, we just thought, like, I don't know what it was trying to say, so we looked around the room. It just so happened that the section we were at started with a G, and it was the first number, which is, again, that was really weird. Um, and then so, okay, so we went to that section of the book, uh, or the, that section, and then we, again, like, this was just, we used a second, um, second series of number uh, to find the book number. So, um, and it turns out it was a book number. We pulled out, it was a religion book. And it just so happened, I guess, that we were in the religion section of the library. And, um, and then the another, another series of number, we decided to stretch it a little bit further and maybe look at the book uh, uh, page. And then so we opened the book page to that, we opened that number and that, we opened the book page and then, um, and then so we had one more series of numbers, which was, say, 12. And so we thought, like, okay, there's no number 12 in this page. And um, we looked at the other page, there's no number 12. So we decided, how about we count the number from the very beginning, on the number of words at the very beginning. So the 12th word in that page happens to be the word evil. So that... When when we did that, we were really, really freaked out. Um, it sounds so unreal. Um, we didn't want to even want to tell other people about it because it, it doesn't sound like it's, it doesn't sound real. It's like, so, so we, like, it's something that we just kept between the three of us. Um, we, we are now a believer. Um, very creeped out. Um, we don't even going to Toys R Us, passing through the Widgie Board area when we were together. It's we that and that was like over 20 years ago. Um, we, I mean, sorry, not 20 years ago. I make myself sound older than I am. That was like around 12 years ago. And um, we don't even like wanna even go near a Widgie Board, an actual Widgie Board. But I don't know what you guys are going to think of it, um, but it, that's what really happened. Um, it's a little vague now. Uh, I don't, we don't really remember the number of page, the pages, the page numbers and sections, but um, that day after that game, we said our goodbyes. Um, we threw away our, um, we, our made-up Ouija board, 
and um, left the library. Nothing ever happened after that, thank goodness. But um, what happened in the library, we'll always remember it. And um, actually, the only reason why I wanted to share it with you guys now is that um, you do mention about your daughter um, trying to keep away from the Ouija board or uh, not wanting her to play it. And uh, I really do hope that she doesn't get her hands on one because that was the creepiest thing. I've heard creepy stories and I feel like what um, I went through is a bit creepy. Anyways, I think I've already mumbled through already enough and um, and I hope you guys uh, understood what I said. And um, yeah, and I think I'll be calling in with other, other things, but um, I think that was uh, my creepiest Ouija board experience because that's my only one actually. And thank you again. And uh, I'm sorry it took uh, so much time. I'm not even sure if you guys are going to play this. Anyways, I love your show and... Um, I can't wait to uh, listen to it again after I uh, end this call. All right. Thank you. And uh, keep it up. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you for your call. And do call in with other stories. Um, I think we should put together that episode with the compilation of Ouija board stories. I Our think Ouija this, board dare program. Yeah. I think this would be a good one for it. Yeah. I I agree. I I really do. That's interesting where they asked if it's evil or not, and then they gave it some sort of weird code to go and find the answer. Yeah. Very trickstery. Yeah. I mean, only something dark and demonic would be able to do that. And that's where we're talking about, you know, like, what sort of powers do these, you know, do ghosts have? And I don't think your average, you know, ghost grandma that's hanging out uh, is, you know, would have the the knowledge or the ability to say, go to section G12 and then this code and that code. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of times they're fairly operating on the same level of intelligence by that they had on Earth. Um, when you got something like that, that's something that's well, you know, beyond, you know, the human realm. And that's the scary thing. And that's the scary thing where you hear the folks that, that write in like, oh, there's nothing wrong with the Ouija board at all. Like, oh, they got you tricked pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly. It's not worth the risk. It's a stupid board. Yeah. It's a stupid game. It's not worth it. And you have no control over what's coming through. No. It's very rare that I've ever heard anyone say, oh, good things have come through this. It just really disturbs me, these people that are, you know, long, years and years and years past the age where they played it at a slumber party or whatever. And they're still dealing with things that happened from that point. They can Mm -hmm. pinpoint that it was that instance. That's when all this started. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's spooky. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. With your real ghost stories, another caller here. Hi. Hi, Tori and Jen. Um, this is Patty from Omaha calling. <sighs> Sorry, I'm really shaking up right now. Um, I just had something happen to me. That was um, kind of freaky, actually. Uh, as you guys know, I've told you like ten million times already, but uh, my parents' house is haunted, and um, based on this experience. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't think it's the guy who killed himself. Um, I just got to my mom's house, and she doesn't get off work till 6, and it's probably 30 now. And I just got here about 10 minutes ago, and I'm home myself because my parents actually work. My dad owns a company, and they both work there. And um, they live by themselves. My brother lives there, but he was at work too, so he doesn't really lives there. I mean, he, he sleeps there. That's pretty much it. He's always out and doing stuff. But, um, okay, so I just got to my parents' house and I let myself in and I was watching TV. Um, my parents, you know, their dogs and everything. So, sitting on the couch just watching TV and all of a sudden, broad daylight, um, it starts spiking. And my parents have cable. They don't have a dish. So, I was sitting there watching TV, and it starts panicking, and I was like, oh great, you know, because it's storming in Omaha, and uh, I just figured it was that, because my parents' cables, you know, maybe got jiggled, something happened with the connection, whatever. So, I tried it off, and I wanted to go get a snack, and at this point, you know, I was just looking for something, and I closed the cupboard, and I hear this 
kind of whisper. And I don't know what to think of it, and I'm sorry, it's just, it just freaks me out. And it whispered in my ear, and it said, what are you doing? And it just seemed so assertive that I, I just froze. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't, like, after a couple of seconds, it felt like forever, but after a couple of seconds, I just sat there, and I'm like, what do we do? You know, my mom's like coming home for another half an hour, and I'm here by myself. Like, there's no one to protect me. I don't know what just happened. I mean, I had bones down my spine I, the whole night. I was shaking. And I started crying, and I was like, who's there? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just hungry. And no one replied. And so I didn't know what to do. So now I'm in my car driving around the neighborhood. I'm kind of scared to go back. I don't know what I should do. Huh. But I just want to let you guys know, I don't think it's the guy who killed himself. I only think it's a demon. There's just way too much negative energy for it to be an actual possession of a human being because I feel like it can manipulate emotions. And, you know, it just it, it just startled me. I mean, when they're saying, what are you doing? That's not someone talking to you. It, it sounded like a, like a deep, gravelly voice, but it didn't sound human. I mean, I can't really impersonate it right now because I'm so upset, but... It, it just scared me. So I just want you guys to know that. Uh, I know you guys want people to call as soon as possible. Like, as it's happening, I, I I was too frozen to call you guys when it happened. But uh, so I call you guys to vent because no one else really understands what I go through for you guys. So, so you know. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for calling in and uh, sharing the story so quickly. You know, I... I know you think that it might not be the person that killed themselves in that house, but just think of it this way. The way he killed himself is it was, you know, surrounded in so much negative energy, plus all the depression he must have been going through. There's a ton of negative energy dealing with that. So I wouldn't rule out him just yet. He may not like you being there. I get the feeling that of all your family members and your parents and your brother that you are the one that for whatever reason is most sensitive to this and that might be something that kind of he he's playing upon so my advice to you would to be not be in that house alone because there's several times that you've called that you were the only one there and things have happened and I firmly believe that they're happening but just you know for you to not have you know the the panic like you had in your voice and the you know the situations maybe he just gravitates to to her because she's able to pick up on him that could be it i i would just say maybe try not being in that house alone if at all possible you know Mm -hmm. even if it means waiting in your car for 20 minutes until your mom gets home i would rather do that than be dealing with with what you just went through yeah and not knowing really what it is i mean and it's hard to say it's demonic because it have any of the stories sounded anything demonic or is this kind of sound more like a it sounds to me, and I'm not angry dis- I'm not discounting saying it's not demonic, yeah. but to me it just sounds like an angry ghost, which somebody that killed himself obviously wasn't Probably that happy. Probably not in a good place. So I, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe it's, it's just an angry ghost, but either way, he's not a benevolent thing. He's, he's causing you problems, so try. He may have just been asking what you were doing and wanting to engage you. Try and avoid yeah. it, I guess. Um, that, that would be my only course of action at this point. Yeah. Thank you for the call, though, and, and thanks for sharing the story so quickly. We've been saying to folks, if you can get on the phone and talk to us while something's going on, that would be awesome. <laughs> As my mom raises an eyebrow, like, what are you asking people to do, Tony? Because I think it'd be awesome if we could get some, some of this stuff uh, caught on on audio, at least. You know, and and get it. We have so many people who are listening to the show, who analyze the show. I mean, people are picking out little individual things. They're going to think you're coughing before was an EVP. Um, You know, that that's how scrutinized some of these shows can get. That it could actually mean we can figure some stuff out here for some folks. Um, uh, Anyway, uh, interesting stuff. Thank you for the call. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing your story with us here. If anything, just like for Patty there in Omaha, mm-hmm. you know, if we can just be someplace she can share what she's going through that does understand, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that makes me feel like we're we're making a difference. It's group therapy for the paranormally afflicted, afflicted right? or affected. Affected. Either one works. 
Yeah, they're both kind of... Kind of just like affected. Affected. Afflicted sounds a little more violent. Yeah. Almost. Affected. Because yeah. it doesn't have to be a violent ghost. No, so, it yeah. doesn't. Uh, we'd love to hear your ghost story. The phone number again, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Of course, you can always just write into us on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. And we will share your ghost story on a future episode of the show. The quickest way to get it to us, though, is to call in and leave your ghost story with us. You don't have to leave your name. You can do it completely anonymously uh, if you like. We'd love to hear it. Get that bonus episode right now. Show us some love out there on uh, iTunes. Give us a review there. Email me back the username that you used. You email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and I'll email you back the link to that bonus episode. So, until next time, for my mom sitting back in the corner there, Thank you. Good night. Thank you. And for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.